There is one word that's going to help you bridge the gap between simply managing your life and getting by in 2020 versus truly thriving and creating your life in 2021. The word is hope. I'm not talking about cosplaying Jiminy Cricket and passively wishing on a star for someone or something outside of yourself to come and rescue you from the chaos of the world. Hope is a very active word that's related to your sense of possibility for your life. And if you want to cultivate more hope, there's a few things that you need to have. Number one, you have to honestly assess where your life is today without making it worse than it is. Number two, you need an ability to see a better future for yourself, even if you're not sure how exactly you're going to get there. You need an internal sense that you matter and so does the work that you're here to do. That's why being rooted in your purpose is everything. And you also need a willingness to get your hands dirty and fully engage in the business of creating your life rather than reacting to the circumstances of the world. And by the way, it helps when you have a supportive community of other hopeful people in your corner. Coming up November 20th through November 22nd, we're going to build all of those things together so you can truly step into a year of hope and possibility in 2021. I am inviting you to join me live, virtually, for three days of transformation in your own living room. Life Amplified Live is happening. I will be your personal coach for three days, helping you get crystal clear on your purpose. Plus, we're going to identify and remove all the blocks that are in the way of you creating your next level of success, happiness, and fulfillment. Get all the info and the ticket link by going to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net, or you can click the link right here in the show notes. I will see you starting November 20th for Life Amplified Live. And now, how to transform your life by living through inspiration instead of chasing validation. This is going to be a great one. Stay tuned. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I use my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. I love when the universe has a better plan than I do. We're a little late in getting out this episode because uh, it was a few days ago. I sat down on my computer and I I did like a 35-minute topic that I had fully prepped. And then I sent the audio to producer Matt and then realized I didn't have my microphone plugged in. So it sounded like I was literally broadcasting from inside a tin can. Uh, But you know what? What I've realized in hindsight is that the topic that I was going to discuss is not the one that needs to be said. I want to share something that I've been working through in my life. And as I've had this conversation uh, with four different people in the past 48 hours, I've realized this is a universal thing that so many people can relate to. And it's a theme that we've talked about many times over the course of this podcast, how so many people are addicted to the validation of the outside world. Perhaps you are somebody who has achieved a lot in your life because you have that chip on your shoulder from childhood. You are constantly in a place of trying to prove your worth, to prove 
prove that you are enough. And how do we usually do that? Well, we do it by trying to climb the corporate ladder. We do it through acquisition, uh, by gaining more money, by getting a bigger house, by getting a bigger social media following. But it also is a broken strategy. I think if you're anything like the clients who've come to me over the last five years, you're a person who kind of climbs to the top of a new ladder of success and you feel good for two days, two weeks, and then eventually that inner critic kicks back in and says, well, it's still not enough. What are you going to do next? You start living in comparison and looking on social media at the things your other friends are doing and saying, well, I I still haven't arrived yet. If I make as much money and I buy the Tesla like, uh, you know, Amy and George down the street, then then I'll be enough. Or, hey, if I get to this next level of my career and a new title, I will feel enough. But the energy that you take into any new goal is usually the energy that you finish with. If wherever you're starting from is a place of I'm lacking, I'm not enough, I'm not valuable enough, I'm not loved enough, you can chase and strive and you can run on the hamster wheel and sure enough, you're still going to have that same energy with you once the euphoria of hitting the goal dissipates. And it's something I've been working through on my own with my coaches and therapists and something that I thought that I had left behind when I left behind radio. But if I'm being truly honest with you, there is a part of me that for all the success I've had over the course of my adult life, nearly two decades as an executive in the radio industry and now you know, with a multiple six-figure coaching business, There is a piece of me where that commitment to reaching the next level has always been driven by this internal place of lack and striving and wanting to prove myself. And also, if I'm being honest, as a giant F you to the people who have doubted me. Over the course of 20 years in radio, I was always known as the guy that was able to walk into a competitive situation at a radio station uh, that many people considered to be unwinnable and taking stations to the top. There was more than one occasion where we went from like worst to first in the ratings uh, on jobs that people told me I shouldn't even take because it wouldn't have worked out. But that doubt of other people fueled me. Like, I fed off that. And there were a couple times in my career where I simply took jobs for the sole reason of testing myself to see if I could do something that most people said couldn't happen. Uh, You know, when I think of my divorce in 2012, I went through a massive health transformation. But even though there was part of me that wanted to look better and be more confident, I was more driven as giving a big middle finger to my ex-wife, especially because there were issues with another guy and, and I wanted to make her regret it. Like I wanted to do something so awesome that it would get her attention, which I'm so not proud of to admit that. But there was an energy of that back when I was in the actual trigger in 2012. And even when I think about, you know, my coaching business and my podcast, when it really took off at the end of 2017 and into 2018, when, you know, my I 6 x my business in a very short amount of time, there was still a big piece of me where I was driving to prove myself 
to my dad and stepmom, who told me on a regular basis that I wasn't qualified to help people because I didn't have a psychology degree and that I should just go back to radio. There was a big piece of me uh, that wanted to prove my ex-girlfriend wrong. We had just split up in a relationship, and she would tell me that you know making six figures as a coach isn't possible, that nobody could do that. And here's the thing. <laughs> like, that doubt of other people and that chip that I had always carried on my shoulder, motivation's motivation. And the results that I got were always good on the surface. It was absolutely a winning formula. And if you're somebody who is in that energy of wanting to strive and prove yourself, even if you're not sure, like I reached a point here in this coaching business where I still felt like I needed to prove myself and grow and scale more. And I don't even know who I was trying to prove it to at this point. I think that that's the thing is we carry these stories and the identity of not being enough or still relating to ourselves as the kid that got bullied on the playground or pick last for kickball or as the person who got their heart broken that we just are in this energy of striving and we don't even know who we're trying to prove ourselves to. Now, there's no good or bad about it. It is what it is. And if it gets you results, look, that's great. But what I'll tell you in my life and what I find with so many other people is that the energy of constantly trying to prove yourself becomes exhausting and it's not a sustainable way to live. If the only way that you can build your next level in your career, your business, your finances is to have this target aimed at other people and to make them wrong for the perceived slights that have happened to you, it really starts to drain your energy and I believe it's a way in which we leak our power. Because the energy of trying to prove yourself and to seek validation, when does it stop? Is there a point when you ever feel satisfied? You know, I think back in my life, sure, I lost a bunch of weight and I moved on and emerged from my divorce even stronger than before. But did that leave me feeling satisfied, like that I thought somehow I was going to prove myself to the ex who hurt me? Is I went and built this coaching business and had built a very successful podcast. You know, I did. I proved myself to the three people in my life who didn't get what I was doing. But was that enough? No, I like, when does it end? Do you have to prove yourself to 50 people? Is it 50,000 people? Is it 5 million people? It just sort of becomes this never-ending cycle. So what we're going to do today on the podcast is I want to share the most powerful shift that you can make and something I've used in my life that really when I find myself sliding back into the old identity of not being enough, it gets me out of that need from chasing validation or striving to prove myself and really allows me to take back my power and consciously create life from a place of inspiration. And that's the difference of like trying to swim upstream against the current versus swimming downstream and going with the current. It is such a a place of ease and relaxation and just being in a flow state when you're doing it. But before I get into that mindset shift, I want to talk a little bit about where do we internalize these messages of I'm not good enough in the first place? Like where does that come from? Nobody comes out of the womb wanting to crawl back into mom's belly and just saying, I don't deserve to take up space in the universe. You come out butt naked, you are screaming, you are crying, you are announcing yourself in a very loud way that you have arrived. But 
where does that get twisted and where do we give that up and start just falling into these patterns of lack and not enoughness? And what I've seen repeatedly working with people across 17 countries from all parts of the world, all socioeconomic backgrounds, the root cause of the not enough belief always goes back to childhood. And you need to remember that your brain, the rational analytical part of your brain up there in the prefrontal cortex, it doesn't even fully develop or come online till age 11, 12, or 13. So you need to remember that some of the most limiting beliefs that you have subconsciously that keep you stuck, they're all developed in the first 10 years of life because you have no ability to filter out what is the BS of your parents, what is just generational family trauma. You were taking in all the messages that are said in your house and also the messages that might not be spoken out loud but you just sense by watching the dynamics you're giving that a meaning when you're watching your parents fight or you see a parent who is an alcoholic or a narcissist your brain is a meaning making machine so you just sort of take all these things in like a sponge and never really question it and once the neural connection is made we reinforce that belief over time. You know, we do it on the playgrounds at school. We do it through high school. We do it through our dating life. We do it in in, in the workforce. So one of the things in my coaching practice that we do, I think people are still always a little bit unsure of what is our coaching process like? Do we talk about past trauma or do we talk about your plan forward? And, And the answer is, is that we do both, you know, because unless we understand the actual root cause of what's keeping you stuck in the past and we can process that and reframe it and come up with a new context or a new meaning for it, it's very hard for you to ever move forward, you know? You you think about a child who grew up in a home where there was an alcoholic or some sort of addiction. A child does not understand in an early age why a parent is there for them sometimes and why sometimes they're completely unavailable. You know, a a person who grows up with a narcissistic parent doesn't understand why the parent is not really capable of giving them real love or to give them empathy. When there is domestic abuse or conflict or a dysfunctional relationship among the parents, the child doesn't understand why the adults are acting in horrible ways and screaming at each other or perhaps hitting each other and why they're not tuned in to how the conflict is affecting the kids in the home. So given the fact that our number one need as a child is to feel loved and to feel cared for, many times as children we begin to try to fix all the adults' problems so that they can achieve their goal. Now, none of this ever happens consciously. Uh, You know, it's not like these are irrational decisions, but I've had clients before. A client of mine just a couple months ago was talking about how his parents were always fighting and his mom sat him down one day and said, you need to behave. You don't need to be stressing out your father. If you make him angry, your father and I are going to get divorced. She started projecting, you know, the conflict and, and making the child responsible for that. So what does a kid learn during those times of trauma? That I have to fix other people. If I excel, if I do my chores, if I do great at sports, then maybe my parents won't be so sad or angry or they won't drink so much. So when there is a lack of love and compassion and peace and harmony in a home, uh, children in many times will try to fix it by trying to be better and better as a kid. 
Now, sometimes this goes the opposite way. There are people who have learned over the course of their lifetime that the way that they could get attention as a kid uh, when the parents weren't present or emotionally available was to screw up and to get in trouble. That the more that they cause problems, then that would get the parent to actually like show up. Even if it was in an angry way, the negative attention still felt better than neglect. So we tend to go one of two ways. You know, we get attention by being in crisis or we get attention by excelling and doing well. This is where many people, and that's really for the purposes of this podcast today, what I want to focus on is how do we build task and performance-based identities? And it's absolutely rooted in childhood. Now, the downside of this, of course, is that there is no way as a child or even for you as an adult to fix other people that are dysfunctional or are dysregulated in your life. It's not your responsibility. But as a child continues to strive and try to make everybody better, but the parent doesn't actually behave differently or the situation does not improve over time, it just reinforces this belief that, well, I couldn't fix it, therefore I'm not enough. I need to try harder. I need to excel more. You know, I need to perform at a higher level and maybe things will get better. And that just gets so reinforced. And the challenge for many people when it comes to their personal development path is a lot of times we think that having the aha moment and understanding that the way that we got love from our parents was to make the honor roll and to be a high achiever, uh, that we think that that aha moment is enough to change it. And that's not really how it works, unfortunately. The aha moment is actually just the beginning of the marathon and not the finish line. And you're also not going to clear away all the negative beliefs simply by doing positive affirmations and telling yourself you're okay. In fact, many of you might have tried that before. You know, I am worthy. I am enough. I am lovable. Then the, you know, the, the, the inner critic kicks in and tells you a laundry list, gives you an entire encyclopedia of reasons why you're not enough. So what do we have to do? And this is why you've heard me talk so much about trauma work on this podcast and having a trauma-informed coach, a trauma-informed therapist. There's other modalities out there, things uh, you know, like neurofeedback. There's somatic practitioners. There are multiple avenues for you to try to get there, but you really have to uncover that deeper trauma that's embedded in the brain, and then you have to go about the process of releasing it. You know, you need a somatic feeling experience and not just an intellectual understanding of why you're stuck. And the challenge and why people kick the can down on the road and never seem to do that, well, for a variety of reasons, mostly self-preservation, sometimes it's very difficult to see our caretakers and our parents, you know, warts and all, and being able to see them in their smallness. It's easier in many instances for us as adults to take all of their beliefs onto ourself rather than just stand in your own truth and admit what your experience was. But when you're hanging on to all of this trauma energetically, it's like literally walking through the baggage claim at the airport trying to carry seven suitcases at once. Have you ever seen the person who's just got like the bag over their shoulder, they got a kid on their hip, and they're also trying to drag the suitcase on the wheelies behind them, and it's just like their hands are full, they're tripping over themselves and moving so slowly because they just, they're carrying more than one person can handle. And many of us live our lives that way. I do a powerful meditation 
meditation in some of my uh, group coaching programs and at some of the virtual retreats that I'm hosting, like the one coming up here on November 20th, where I, I have people envision themselves carrying the weight of all the burdens, you know, just the self-judgment, their opinions on why they're not enough, why they need to work harder. And imagine carrying all those bags through the airport and then just setting them down and opening up the bag to see what's inside. And in many instances, in almost every instance, what my clients start to realize is they're just carrying the burden of old beliefs that their parents had. Many times they see a parent in the luggage or they see some symbol that represents uh, the person who sort of burned these beliefs into them. And we go through a process of just sort of like letting that go and, you know, just sort of like burning that baggage and leaving it behind so that you can walk forward in your truth connected to who you are and firmly back in your power. I've told the story here on the podcast before, not recently, and some of you who are the OG listeners back from episode one will know this, but, you know, I had an experience in sixth grade where I had just transferred out of like a private K through five school where there was like the same nine kids in my class every year to a public school where there's like 35 kids to a class. And I was going through puberty and I was in my awkward years and that was a really awkward transition for me. And yet I remember at the end of my sixth grade year, my mom was taking all these trophies and putting them out on our fireplace on the mantle to show off to her friends. And these were trophies that were acknowledging all my accomplishments from school that year. So I was voted student of the year. There was another one with like a little uh, dancing with the stars ballroom trophy of a couple dancing on the top where my girlfriend and I were voted class couple. And there was another one with like tennis racket and basketballs that Daniel was most athletic. But the thing is, is I never achieved any of those things. And I was a total wallflower, a nerd, a geek, a little bit of an outcast at that school. But my mom went and had those trophies made because she wanted to compete with the other mothers that she knew and all of her girlfriends. So when they came over, she'd be like, oh my God, look at all these things that Daniel is doing because she didn't want to be shown up. And for me in sixth grade at age 11, not having a fully developed prefrontal cortex, what did I make that mean? I made it mean that whoever I was at that age, even in my nerdiness and in my acne and in my braces, uh, I wasn't good enough for my mom to be proud of me. And in that moment, it was literally the the next summer that I started spending all my summer vacations going to work, getting up at 5.30 in the morning and going to work with my dad at his radio station every year. Because I thought maybe if I could be more like my father, that that would be a way to feel like I was enough. And the irony in all of this is what I realized is I was always enough. But my mom, who had a ton of self-esteem issues and some mental health challenges, never felt like she was enough. And the only way she knew to be enough was to be the best parent and compete with the other women, particularly the women who had like college degrees or were more educated or were, you know, successful in the workforce and things that my mom didn't possess at that time. Uh, But it was literally like my mom just handing me the relay baton of not feeling enough. And I took off with that and ran with it, you know, for the next 30 years of my career, always in this place of trying to strive to work harder, no promotion, no pay raise was ever good enough. I'd get the next job within three months. I was thinking about what do I have to do next to be enough? And then that's a recipe 
for pretty much a midlife crisis and an emotional collapse, which is where I ended up at about age 37 or 38. And the thing is for you, if you're a person who's still listening to this episode and you relate and there's places in your life where you're still striving and chasing this invisible finish line that you think that you're going to cross that's going to you know, give you the status or give you the fulfillment, there is a relay baton that you are carrying that you don't even realize. There is a belief system that is not yours. It came from mom. It came from dad. It might have come from a teacher or somebody who was an influence in your life early on. The quicker that you can get clarity on that and do the work, do the deep work to heal it, well, that's what's going to help you change your life forever. And I want to finish up this episode today by talking about the mindset shift. If you're a person who is just constantly living in the pursuit of validation, well, then what do you have to do to get out of that? How can you just live your life fully enjoy creating from inspiration, knowing that you're enough and just doing your life's work? And I can tell you what I know to be true in my life. The moments of joy for me in my coaching business are not the times when I've hit like a new personal high for record income. It was never about making $41,000 in a month. The time I did that, I felt really awesome about myself for about four or five days. And all I did after that was think, oh, well, how do I grow to 50000 a month? It wasn't launching a number one podcast globally on Apple. I felt really good for the two days. I was at number one, and then eventually I wasn't at number one anymore. And I found myself in this place of, oh, well, how do I reach more people? The external striving and trying to hit a marker has never been the thing that has truly brought me lasting joy in my life. I can tell you the real joy in my business and in my coaching is in the service to other people. It is the moments when I want more for other people than I want for myself. It's when I experience so many of the wins that my clients have had, the people that you've met on this podcast over the past couple months. You know, when I think of, you know, people like Claudia, who was the burned out school teacher who left her state job behind and is, you know, earned her first $20,000 in 90 days starting a private tutoring business in the pandemic. When she was able to create that freedom on her terms and, and find the self esteem and the self love for herself for creating that. That's what lights me up. When I think of people like Louise, 69 years old, who you met uh, back on the podcast we did about reinventing your life in a pandemic, you know, when, when she overcame 60 years of unhealed trauma and now in her life has met like this amazing man in this soulmate relationship where she is so happy and in love with herself first and now the partner who's shown up in her life. These are the things that light me up. My client, Jackie, who was able to rebound from getting laid off at a corporate job, and she's taken her side hustle and monetized it and made it her full-time income. When I see people living in their purpose, those are the things that bring me the lasting joy, and the same is true for you. What I'm inviting you to step into today And the place I would love for you to work from is to stop obsessing over what is the next thing that you can get from the world. Stop worrying about how can I get more money? How can I find the new relationship? How can I get more love? And truly step in just asking, how can I serve? Focus on helping and not about consuming your value. And when you do that, there's nothing left to prove. There are only people to help. 
And what I promise you is, is whatever the thing that you're trying to get, the influence, the money, the security, when you are helping other people solve problems, all the rest of that stuff falls away. It solves itself. There's no tension. There's no striving. There's no place of need or lack or worry or obsession or addiction. It all falls into place because life supports what supports life. I had one of my coaches remind me of this recently. When you come from a place of service and of assisting others, the expansion that you create for other people will always allow the money to flow to you. And if you don't believe me, I want you to go back and really spend some time journaling. What are the five happiest moments of your life? If you think about the five times in your life when just life was as it should be, when you were in that moment of just, man, this is what life is about. How much of it had anything to do with an accomplishment in your life? My guess is, is what you're going to realize, it was about the relationships, it was about the laughs, it was about the, the companionship, the connection to other people, it was a shared experience and not an accomplishment that you were chasing. And there's nothing wrong with accomplishments. We should be proud of ourselves and we should value that. But if you took inventory of the five most joyous moments of your life, it probably has nothing to do with an external achievement. So the question is, what really lights your soul on fire? Instead of trying to prove anything to others or yourself, what is, what is the thing you want to do? Do you want to spend the rest of your life trying to prove yourself right, make other people wrong, or can you make a new choice today to focus your attention on your, on your impact and your ability to make a difference in the world? Maybe right now you don't know the answer to that question. You're not sure what it is. You've been chasing other people's goals for you or chasing these things that you thought would make you feel enough that you've lost the connection to yourself. It's a very normal pattern. And quite honestly, it's where I was back in 2014. I had no idea, couldn't imagine myself out of the invisible box of radio that I had placed myself in. But I'd like to invite you to work with me for some additional support to help you bust through these old paradigms so you can truly step into a life with more purpose and fulfillment and ease. What would it be like to not just be stressed out about a to-do list and be working from a place of flow in your life? I'm going to help you create the roadmap for that November 20th through 22nd at Life Amplified Live. This is my three-day at-home virtual retreat. It's going to be me, you, uh, an inspiring, intimate community, uh, people from all over the country, probably all over the world. And we're going to dig in. We're going to do the work to help you tune out all the external distraction of the world, reconnect to yourself, and discover a life with more purpose, passion, and fulfillment. Would love for you to join me there. You can get the info at creativesoulcoaching.net or you can click the link to the ticket, uh, the ticket link right here in the show notes to this episode. Thank you so much. I, I just this was something that kind of came up at the last minute. It was really on my heart. And when I find myself engaging in the same conversation with like three different people in a short amount of time, I know it's something that collectively needs to be shared. 
So if this message inspires you, if there's, if there's someone in your life who needs to hear this, could you please share this episode with them? The goal here is to impact the lives of 100 million people. I can't do it on my own. So the more that you share this podcast with your friends and family, it helps us reach our goal. Also, uh, just give us a follow here on the iHeartRadio app. For my friends on Apple, uh, those five-star ratings uh, really help us with the algorithm. But what really helps us is if you could take... 60 seconds out of your day to write a review if you're loving the the content that we share here week in and week out. I look forward to working with you in person November 20th through 22nd at Life Amplified Live. Or if you'd like a more personal coaching experience to work with me one-on-one, I do have some spots available here at the end of the year. You can get more info for that on my website as well. I love you for listening. Thank you for being here. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live Life Amplified.